something I've been talking about with one of the other competitors at the O. It's like you look after post show, you see all these competitors that you're with on the stage who two days later are back in the gym, like beasting themselves. And then there's this pressure of, I can't do that yet. I don't feel ready to do that yet. But should I be doing that yet? Am I missing out on the rebound? Am I missing out on time? Am I missing out on growing? And it's like, actually, you need to consider what your body needs and not worry about what everyone else needs. Yeah. Yeah. It's taken me, I started, I think it was about a month after I started training sort of nearer a 90% than the sort of 70% I was doing in my sessions leading up to that point. Um, and I did put myself in a bit of a hole. It was too early and I had to have a week off because I got ill. This week, I've gone back in at about 85% and it feels a lot better. So it's like that that's now been established to be able to push up from there. But it's every prep is going to be different. Sometimes you can get back in the gym straight away. Sometimes you can't. Some people can every time. Some people need weeks or months off, whether that's physically or mentally. But it is a hard thing to get your head around when you're like, but my competitor is in there doing it. I should be. Yeah, for sure. I think that what you've just said there is, well, I don't think I know it's so relevant in regards to individual response, also coinciding that with comparison on social media. But, you know, with what you've spoken about there with recovery, et cetera, it's certainly more on the peripheral now, like a lot more influencers and, and people that we hear on podcasts, et cetera, are talking about it. And actually giving personal anecdote to my physique didn't look so good when I competed because there was, you know, stress management issues and, and recovery, et cetera, et cetera. And it's super cool because... For me, I've always thought more is better. And similar to you, I've had to rewrite that in my brain. But sometimes I still find myself, you know, dipping into these old habits. You touched on that earlier, like you're doing it and you don't even realize you're doing it. And then you're like, I didn't even know I was doing that. But as bodybuilders, we get into these like rituals almost, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing I think I spoke about before with when Dan took over my training, he completely decreased my volume that I was doing. And it's the most I've ever grown. So more isn't always better. If you can't recover from it, then all you're doing is digging yourself a hole. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something we had a conversation about at the beginning of the week. He was like, you know, with your training at the moment, you are going to have to have to decrease volume. That doesn't mean you train any inten- any less intense during that set. Yeah. But maybe we do slightly less sets or slightly less exercises and mm-hmm. have more rest days. And actually, we've come to a balance where I'm still training five days a week, but one of those days is an arm day. Yeah. So it's not as physically taxing on recovery. It's more mentally taxing because I've never had an arm day before and learning the, the sort of mind-muscle connections with them yeah. can be, yeah, the first time. I think we we done three sets of biceps, one set of tricep, and I was like, I'm fucked. My brain is fucked from the concentration of trying to... So I've always struggled to engage with my arms and actually feel it where I'm meant to. So the session was more about that. And yeah, I was just like, he was like, we did another two sets of triceps. And he was like, oh, should we do another one? I was like, done. I am done. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Actually, you've spoken about basically like a specialization block. And it's something certainly that, you know, if you can get a coach that knows this stuff and 
ideally, you know, you work with a coach for a long period of time. If you can, Dan already knew your body and sort of almost fast track that bit. So that's ideal for, for you two as a coaching partnership. But when you start going into specialization blocks and you start working on the intention, like it's amazing how much your load needs to change as well. But it's essentially yeah. that progressive overload as well, isn't it? Because you're doing something you've done arms your whole time as a competitor, right? Arms was always tagged on the end of the session. Yeah. And when we were down in Exeter and we were training in like the, the public gym, I was run out of time because people would start talking to me and I had to go to work or go do whatever I needed to do. So they'd be, oh, I'll do them tomorrow. And tomorrow never really, occasionally it would come. And then when I started prep, doing morning cardio, I started doing arms. But I had the time because I was off work. This prep didn't have the time. Literally, I, I, unfortunately, my posing got neglected slightly because I didn't have the time. Because every moment was filling in with steps or work or meal prepping for the next day so that that day would run smoothly. So it's it's definitely something we've taken right. Can't take it on the end of a session. If I feel I have the capacity, I'll put, the, put it in the middle of a session as a top up from my arm day. But it was some of the, the feedback was a bit more bicep, which we knew already. We knew from the beginning of the year, but it just wasn't the time to implement an arm specific day when you're on prep. Mm-hmm. Right? There's other things that need to take priority. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely a focus for the off season. Yeah, it's really cool. Like a different tangent. I think that, you know, yes, we can be robots and, and that's cool. But actually, sometimes... We're not saying here, okay, so every month we're going to change the training blog and we're going to do something different because we both know, I'm sure, Romana, that that's not the way. But doing something, you know, it, it fits in with what you're doing already and then you're using your judges' feedback to actually reprogram and favour the feedback, but also have that, like, novel stimulus and, and have a new focus within what you'd be doing anyway, per se. And I certainly... Yeah you know it aids the progression as a athlete when you're in this for the long haul because you don't have to fuck around with everything but it's quite nice to do something a bit different in an off season isn't it you go in expecting to win or expecting a result so if you go in with no expectations oh like you say it's only going to lead to a better feeling because you're not expecting that win you're not expecting that top three finish Mm -hmm. so it's yeah more than anything you need to go into bodybuilding with an open view that you could be beat you know and you've got to just work your ass off and and just work the hardest you can and not go in with any expectations it i think it depends on what type of person you are you know if you're used to winning at life all the time if you're used to you know doing well in life um maybe you'll go in with that expectation that you will be the best but you you may be humbled you know it's a it's a slippery slope when you do go in with expectations so always be humble and always make sure that you you can come in with that view that you will you might be beaten you know yeah of course that also leads into what we preach as it were to manage stress to be as chill as possible like you described your prep because what's that going to do it's going to bring a better physique but it does get overlooked, you know, and if you're so uptight about it, that could be messing with your cortisol levels. That's going to take away from potentially enjoying the day. Now, I know some people will go in and it's like, I'm going to war and, and whatever else. And it's almost like the whole prep is like, you know, this this big thing and it has to have that sort of attitude. But 
again, it's it's difficult. It is different person dependent and where you're coming from. But I certainly feel like the humble nature allows you to be a sportsman as well, because, you know, we've seen it at the Olympia when people storm off stage because they haven't come first. And it's it's wild because you think, wow, you know, it, it's yeah, it, it's hard to know what that mindset is like because you and I are very similar. We're not like that. It's like we just want to have a good time, you know. Hundred percent. If I get beaten by the next man, I know that that next man has been better in the judges' eyes. Yeah. You know, mm. you might not necessarily think it yourself, but it doesn't matter. It's bodybuilding. It's subjective, as you say. So mm. you just move on and you try and do better next year, like or next season or next show, whatever. You just try and do better. And that's all you can do because there's no change in the judge's mind. The only way you will ever change the judge's mind is if you go away for 12 months, take a big off season and come back. Love that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What that's a great way. message. Now, you mentioned there about fasted cardio. That's maybe a gateway into utilising stims, of course. And actually, you know, even that fundamental level of, I think, think people sometimes forget that coffee is utilised as a stim. But then, of course, you go down the PD route and there's a multitude of things you can do. Now, do you use stims for the fasted cardio? I do, yeah. So I I started out, so from off-season, in the morning, I wouldn't have a coffee. My off-season standard stimulant usage was just a pre-workout before training. I like to have a pre-workout before I train because I, I like the euphoria from it and the gym is a time where I'm happy. So I like to enhance that, you know. But you know with with caffeine and whatnot it's going to blunt your appetite so that's why i keep it lower in the off season i don't i don't need it i don't need i'm not in a energy deficit at all so it's not required um sleep is perfect which is not going to affect with caffeine anyway but as prep kind of transitions on you will start to find yourself becoming more and more reliant on using a little bit of caffeine but you know for me right now it's I take, it started off with one coffee before cardio and then my normal pre-workout for a train. And now it's, and it will just stay here for a while uh, because I feel great on it. It's um two caps of Conte, uh, what's it oh, called? Um, pre-shred. Yeah. Conte pre-shred, which has a little bit of caffeine in it. Just two caps is 150 milligrams plus mm. my normal coffee then my pre-workout so it's not it's not insane amounts really compared to what some people do during the day but I want to keep it there for as long as I can and I would rather from that point when I really do need the aid rather than pushing caffeine I would rather push other avenues of stimulant usage so one of them being uh, a control obviously used it's being used now another one a few I do dig into is whether you consider it a stimulant or not is when it's really needed and I'm finding from a low body fat point of perspective that my cognitive function is compromised, be modafinil, in which I will start on 100 milligrams. It's still a stimulant, it's not regulator of um, CNS. Yeah, okay. It's so one of those ones, it's like, is it, is it, I think some people actually use it a fair amount and they sort of maybe forget that they're utilising that as essentially, like you say, Romana, almost a stim use. Yeah, then then it, the deepest I'll get towards stimulant usage is Kratom. I'll go there towards the end. And I leave that to last because it is something that is very highly addictive, but it's it's bloody rocket fuel. When you're three weeks out, four weeks out, you know, and you're you're feeling a little bit 
definitely um it really is a savior to keep you going when you know your legs don't want to i'd say that for a lot of people it's complete going into off season after a prep is complete almost novel idea because how many years have we been through where we've been pushed and pushed and pushed you should be smaller you should be skinnier you shouldn't be fat you shouldn't be overweight your clothes should fit you you should feel comfortable in a bikini all year round and the reality is that that brings about this mental struggle that we you know we go through as we're we're growing up as we get towards adulthood where we might be starting out that bodybuilding journey and suddenly you've got essentially you're, you're making a choice to get on stage and you've got your coach who's going right let's get leaner and leaner and leaner because they're doing their job that's what they need to do get you stage ready and you feel more and more confident to show that on Instagram. So what do we do? Transformation. Say, so, you know, this was me two weeks ago. This is me now. I've lost this much weight. Don't I look great? And you know what? Yeah, you do. And everybody likes it and they comment on it and you feel really good about it. And then you get on stage, you get your reward, you find out, you know, what you need to work on. And that mental shift to go, okay, I've done that now. Now I need to do the exact opposite of what everybody has ever told me or taught me, what I've seen on social media, what celebrities do, everything. I need to go against that and I need to get big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so hard. And I'd say that, that you know, it's so, I think go, when you go into bodybuilding, you don't realise, you think prep is going to be hard. And actually off season, when you're really trying to build, that's the hardest part because, I would say as a nutritionist, you shouldn't really be eating in the absence of hunger unless you have a reason to. So you know that you're not going to eat again for like six hours. So you need to eat now. But going against those hunger and fullness cues is very different and probably something that we shouldn't recommend. But in bodybuilding, you have to because in bodybuilding, you need to eat to grow. And I'm not saying you have to get absolutely huge, depending on you know whether you're male, whether you're female, what category you're going into, but you're going to have to push beyond that limit. And suddenly that immediate goal is gone. So you haven't got 16 weeks before you get on stage again. You know, it might be that you've agreed with your coach that you're going to do a two-year off-season. Well, that's a long, long goal. And to really understand those body changes and how they're going to relate to the physique at the end is really difficult and I know I struggled um so my I've, I've done multiple seasons but my first what I would say real off season where I worked with the coach the whole way through was between 21 and 23 and I got heavier than I'd ever been before and ever imagined I would need to be and even as somebody that can sit very comfortably in my physique and I don't, you know, I don't really place value on my body weight and I am quite happy as long as I feel good. Even then I battled against it because I, that scale just kept going up and up and up. And normally I'd say to a client, well, don't weigh yourself. You know, if it is some, if it is a battle, don't get on the scale, but I've got to give that data to my coach because my coach needs that. And it is, it is really, really difficult. So especially if it's your first time doing it and going through this process, you've got to really remember that you're in it to win it. You're in it for the long term and you can make that switch. So if you have put weight on, you can switch and you can lose that weight and you will be able to get back on stage. Or do you know what? You might decide you never want to get back on stage and you just want to get back down to a healthy weight. You can make, you are in control. You just have to have the proper support around it and that mental capacity to be able to work towards whatever that goal is.
if you're not enjoying it, it's a fucking point. When you do see the happiness that some people have, like, you know, even just some people like body popping and shit, some of the older guys, like in the natural feds, especially, like they'll have this like really old, like dance music. Yeah. Like, da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just on the time of their lives. And like, that is such an important part of prep and just taking your head out of the, it's go time, it's trophy time. Cause it's subjective. Like, if you have those expectations of yourself, yeah, okay, sometimes it's like, okay, you should have placed better, you should have done that. And, you know, I have it, I have it plenty of times, but what's the fucking point? The judging has been done. You're not going to walk up to the judge and be like, excuse me, please give me that trophy, that's mine. And for the other competitor, it's also just fucking rude. Like, if I were to go up to that guy who I was appointed, I think his name is Derek, he's a lovely chap. I would hate to go up to him and be like, ah, I was better than you. Like, because that's it. He must be over the moon. He'd want to show. Like, who are you to take that away from that person? If that's, and at the end of the day as well, if the criteria is the criteria and that's what the judges want, that's their vision as a Fed. You can sit there and bitch about it all you want, but it doesn't make a difference. And I mean, I know there are instances where things are done a bit unfairly or things are overlooked and stuff. But again, what's the point? Like, talk about it with your mates, not publicly. Yeah. And coach. Exactly. But that's my thing, you know. And, I'm always, I've over the year, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying. Yeah, I've had, I've had instances in my early competitive days where I've been like, "This is bullshit." But you do, you get you young, dumb, and you know, you learn and you mature as you get older. The sport is getting so popular now, and you know, there is a lot of people coming into the sport that they they can step on stage for the first time and clean up, you know, and. There's so much PD use, there's genetic freaks, there's so many different instances where, you know, some people are made for bodybuilding and they respond so well. But being in that opportunity, you know, because you or I, you know, I've done it for over 10 years, that doesn't mean that I should beat them because I've done it for 10 years. Let them win, yeah. let them experience it. You know, everyone has done a prep to get there. doesn't matter who you are. And there's so many different sides of the coin there, but being a good sportsman is, you know, you're all sharing the stage. You're sharing your victories. Yeah, and that's it. And it's just, it just again, if you're focused on having a good time, the amount of times that, because that's one of the things that that did fuck me up at the, at the British was because we were both competing on that day. Steph was on like a few classes after me. And usually what I do post-stage, like the first thing is whoever's there at the show spectating with me. And I, I keep, I don't invite people to shows. It's not a, it's not a thing. I think it, it asks for trouble and it's you end up babysitting a lot of the time. But if someone yeah. wants to, sound, just be aware. I'm probably going to be elsewhere. I may not be too talkative until I get off stage because my head's just locked in on keeping my keeping my mind quiet. That's what I refer to as Jedi mode. I just want brain quiet, focus on me. No one else is in the room. And that's how I keep my mind. That's it. And it doesn't work for everybody. Some people like to socialize. But for me, that helps. I find when I get too agitated, then it gets me anxious. So Nervous energy as well. But that's it. I hate it. So I need to meditate and just chill out. But yeah, that's it. I mean, it's on the, you know, just you've you've just got to focus on you and just enjoy the day. And everyone's got their chance. Everyone deserves to have a good time and you can't really take it away from that. Someone makes a comment or you see something on Instagram that is against what you're doing. It's certainly a thought process to go, okay, so Am I doing something that aligns with my goals, with my morals as a person? If the answer is yes, then we need to try and cut out that external noise as much as possible, which is not easy, right? But 
changing our thought processes helps us evolve as people. So being able to have the right influence around us, whether that be friendships, social media, whatever that may be, it's going to be hugely impactful onto how you view yourself. Being able to be objective when things occur is super, super important here. And, you know, like I said right at the start, life is tough. Challenges are thrown at us. And sometimes we think, why are all of these things happening to me? Why is everything coming my way? You know, I know people where it's one challenge into another challenge into another challenge. And it's like, you know, for those people, for myself, when this was happening in my life through certain periods of time, it's like, why is this happening to me? But if we can look at opportunities to grow and be open-minded and to try and see what we can learn from every challenge we face, every scenario we face, and trying to self-reflect at times, you know, we all make mistakes, but it's what we do after that. It's our intention trying to reevaluate. Could we have come across in a different way? Could we potentially speak to people that have maybe been upset or offended by what we've said and understand what they took it as? Because like I've mentioned already today, we all take things in different ways. I can say one thing to you and one thing to someone else, exactly the same thing, but it's read in completely different ways. But remember that intention, guys, because... When we act with self-respect and a strong moral compass, that gains respect from other people. If we strive for popularity and we do certain things, act in certain ways to be in with the crowd or, you know, try and amend our actual true authentic self. Yes, it can last for a, a little bit of time, right? I've done it myself for sure. 100% I've done this multiple times but what I've learned myself again you know this this episode is not for me to say this is how you should do things more of you know reflections on how I've dealt with certain scenarios but when I've amended myself to suit other people trust me it's ended in me being alone again me questioning myself me not understanding why people don't like me for who I am. And the more and more I can actually be myself, the more and more people are gravitating towards me where I can be in their company and literally be completely myself. And this then transfers into, I touched on this earlier about when we're looking to spend our life with someone, when we are in a relationship, there's some super important things that I wanna talk about today about checking in with yourself so that you're able to be in a functional, loving relationship. So having that value there, what do you bring to the relationship and what are you passionate about? So I'm going to talk about examples of being a bodybuilder, right? So if you're a bodybuilder, whether you compete, whether you do this as a lifestyle, whatever version of bodybuilding is you, that's part of you. Now, if you enjoy this lifestyle, if this is really something you want to pursue, then this can come with difficult conversations, being able to prioritize yourself, 
if this is a new venture of yours, can be difficult because sometimes people around you will feel like you've your priority list has changed, right? So once upon a time, they were at the top of your priority list. And if you go into something like a prep as a, a good example, a very good example, suddenly your priority list is getting everything done for your prep. And then potentially the people around you are maybe going to feel lower on that priority list. And it's certainly something that I did, you know, and to a certain degree, guys, if you're committing to a contest prep, you're going to need to, if you want to have functional relationships and for those relationships to continue as you go through something like a contest prep, you're going to need to be open and honest with those people around you to say, look, this is what I need to do for my prep. And this is what I need to do to be able to achieve getting to stage. This doesn't mean I don't love you. This doesn't mean you're not a priority, but right now I'm going to need to focus on what I need to do to get to stage. And I think it's, for me, as long as I thought I looked phenomenal, you know, to, for, as good as I could be, then I, well, the placing itself, you know, in latter years always didn't matter so much. But initially, yeah, because I think all of us, you know, who do compete, you know, we are winners, you know, we want to win and not winning hurts. So yeah, it's definitely, definitely a tricky one. But I think, as you say, you know, you know, you woke up the day after you did win um, and you didn't feel any different and you, you know, you've got to go straight back to work, you know, you're still back in your cardio, your meal prep, you know, your training. So whether you win or you, or you lose, you're doing the same thing anyway, because you're not going to stop. You're just going to keep on going. So I think probably the more experience you pick up, you, you know, you understand that actually win or lose, you're still waking up tomorrow morning, you're still doing your cardio, you're still weighing your ropes first thing, and you're still getting out and you're hitting the gym, you know, so probably not an awful lot changes. But I think, yeah, that's definitely took me a lot of time to appreciate that. And in the early years, when I was younger, the loss has definitely hit me hard. And it can be a dark place if you know, if you don't get the result you want. But I think if you've got good friends around you, who say, actually, you know, your physique's super impressive, we're proud of you you know, that can really help mentally. And this is what I've learned. This is my experience. The people that you can't take people for face value are, are having problems themselves, yeah, right? So therefore, I've had problems myself, right? And I've shared them with you. Yeah. And people will be now who've watched it thought, I never knew that about Pat, yeah. right? Until you can be a Sarah Parker or a Pat Warner, you're always going to have them problems. You're always going to have them. I don't care who you are, what age you are, what sport you do, right? We need to talk more. And you know what we need to stop more than anything else? Resenting, right? In this sport that we have no control of, there's more resent than people celebrating what people are doing, right? I don't know you from Adam. You've won a show and I'm direct messaging people about the fuck she won. Oh, she is a, is a pair of tits. She, you know what I mean? Judges like her, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or he's sponsored by Metarex. That's why he's come first. Why can't it be better than you? Or why can't it have been his day? Or listen, there's a lot of people I don't like in bodybuilding, right? And I can tell you that to now, right? And yet somebody comes up to me and goes, I know you don't like him. What do you think he did today though? I thought it was awesome. I'm still going to celebrate the fact that they're great. I don't need to like somebody to turn around and say how good they are. That's the problem we have nowadays. If you do not like somebody, you feel like you can't say anything good about them because you don't like them. So then my question to you is then, why don't you like them? And nine times out of 10, then people that you don't like in bodybuilding, one, you probably don't even speak to, two, they've probably never even done anything to you apart from be successful. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough as well, though, Pat. You probably would have experienced in life on the, the same sort of 
tangent on a daily basis back in the day on a daily basis yeah and I genuinely just want the best for people and it's hard when you get burnt isn't it but you have to just stick to your true self Sticks his suit, Chelsea. People used to think I was a dickhead backstage at bodybuilding. You know what? They used to think I was a dickhead. Because when I first went backstage at bodybuilding, everybody was serious. Everybody was sat in their own corners. Everybody was looking at people who, who they were going to compete against. Like it were a boxing match, like they were going to go at him. There's me like, yeah, mate, you want to shake me? Tell me. Yeah, I mate, can I put oil on your back? No, you can't put oil on my back. What, what if you do it so smooth? I generally thought when I walked into bodybuilding that everybody were friends. I did. So I so I went backstage and being that happy guy and people saying, you've just died for 20 weeks, you're not supposed to be happy. Why the fuck should I be happy after 20 weeks if I think I look awesome? What's the point of me being miserable when I've put 20 weeks of solid work in to celebrate the fact of how good I am? Yes. Fucking and hell. And you see him backstage like, like somebody stole something from him. I that has you. never been me. And I think that's why I'm liking this sport because... I'm my true self and I want to bring other people up. If you beat me and I don't think you beat me, I'm so you're still getting the biggest hug because it's not your fault why you beat me. It's them guys in front of me. And then when I go to them guys in front of me and say, why did he beat me? And he turns on and says, the reason he beat you, Pat, is because he presented his physique better than you. I'll say, well, that's good enough for me. I'm not going to say what you know. To, you know, But you get other people now, the social media platform, they're going on slagging off judges now, slagging off federations. And then well, guess what they do? They move to another federation and come nowhere. And guess what they do again? It's like the federation that they've moved. <laughs> so when's it ever going to be them? Mm-hmm. Take a good, long, hard look at yourself. But most of all, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how low you are, always speak. Oh, Pat, you're just the absolute best. I'm so glad we did this today. Yeah, brilliant. So am I. Oh, thank you so, so am I. much. You are. And keep doing what you're doing because there's not enough. There's a lot of people doing podcasts. Tara, male, female, celebrities, people have been in the industry a lot of years, but there's very few people that have uh, been true to themselves like you are. That's why I did your podcast. Don't ever change. Don't ever doubt yourself. Don't, you know, whether you've got one viewer, whether you've got a thousand viewers, whether you've got a million viewers, keep doing what you're doing because you will reach out to people. If you keep staying where you are, right? I'm not talking about how many people, but you, you are, you're more likely to get through to one person than somebody that's got 500 million followers getting any, because oh. you're organic. You're don't ever change. Don't let, people, don't let people, don't let people think you need to change. You know, when you're reaching out to people and you're doing these podcasts and you might look back, and think, well, oh, I've only got five views. I've only got 10 views. The 10 genuine views, 10 genuine. Listen, I know for the fact, right. The rock's got 500 million followers, Right. And out of them 500, he only follows about five people. All these people are sending him messages. They're going, oh, Rock, you're my hero. You're this, you're that. Can you wish me? He's not even speaking back to them. Right? So then they're going to go out and buy Project Rock stuff, all his stuff. Then the mate opens a business around the corner from there, and they won't even support their own mate with the same, with the same well. Yeah. So those are those, those. So who wants followers like that? Yeah, it, it certainly Stay is. organic. Stay organic. Do what you're doing. You are getting the message across. I'm very well known in this industry. Like you said, I'm very well respected. So all I'm saying, me and you, you've got me on your podcast. Yeah, I know. It's it's very humbling for me, Pat. I literally you've got me remember, on you know, I remember you've got me on your podcast. And it's certainly I will always remain humble and I will always yeah. genuinely be grateful and yeah, you know, sometimes I think, do people really think that I'm this grateful? But I am speaking to someone like you. It's like 
Yeah. Fucking hell, this is so cool. You know, someone I've looked up to in the sport, and that's where seven years, seven years before I've done a podcast, seven years, and you're the first one I've done one back. And I've been suffering mentally since 2019, right? And really, really had it hard and found it hard to speak to. And yet, everything that I've done in my life over these last four years, all the pains, all the sufferings, I've told you today, that should say enough. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> You are just too much, but just the right amount because it can yeah. never be too much when you're your real self. And if people are listening and, you know, even if you take that one thing, guys, yeah. staying in your own lane, if you're a bodybuilder, if you're going to compete, do this because you fucking love it and do this to yeah. yourself, you know? Accolades yeah. are cool. Accolades are so fucking cool. But... Yeah. I've stepped on stage and come fifth like yourself and I've had just as much yeah. gratitude for that because I have excelled myself and I've done that prep, you know? Yeah. Take Good. I'd like to wrap up on this, Sarah, saying this. It's for me, I've been taught this a long time and it's only two words, right? Be nice. And I'll tell you why, Right. Do you know how much effort it takes to be nasty? You've got to, you know, if I don't, if I want to say something bad about you, I can't just say it. I've got to think about it. I've got to think what I'm going to say. I've got to prepare myself. You never have to prepare yourself to be nice because it just comes straight out. You know, like now I'm saying nice things about you because I really, really like you. It's not hard. It's not hard. But then if I wanted to say bad things about you, I would have to think. Yeah, and stress yourself out. <laughs> stress yourself out doing it. Be nice. Mm, thank you so much pat I, I really do mean it and i yeah, will thank you I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take your advice it's a good point in my life to really listen to what you said there and i mean that so of course we will speak soon but thank you so much you are you are definitely 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 doing wonderful things right and you you have a human emotion that makes you doubt yourself don't stop doubting yourself. I'm not telling you to stop doubting yourself, but don't stop thinking that you are doing great things as well because Pat Warner's come on your podcast to speak to you about stuff that I've been through in my life. That tells you in itself that no, no matter what bullshit said, if you can get somebody like me to open up, right, you've done a great thing. So that's one person in itself, but one person who, who spent a long time in this industry and means a lot to a lot of people. I want to thank all my fans out there. I want to thank my haters, if yeah. I've got any. I want to thank everybody because you've all motivated me to be the person I am, right? I love everybody out there. I keep following Sarah's podcast. She's doing great things. And you can be honest with her and she's humble. You can do this. Thank you, mate. See you later. God bless. See you later. You take care of yourself. Bye. Hey.